Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi there, everybody. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. So happy that you're here. Uh, I hope you loved all three of those field trips as much as we liked filming them. Yes, we just want to go back so bad. (laughs) They were really cool. That Adam on Diamond one was just, I have the sweetest memories from that. And just all of them, I can't even remember all the three that we just did. I know. Far West, Adam on Diamond, and then what was the first one? I don't know Before because the, what oh, I want to temple. say is... Oh, the temple. The tur- of the course Kirtland it was. Temple. <laughs> and what about what's coming next? Okay, and then next week we have Nauvoo. Oh. Um, a Nauvoo field trip, which mm-hmm. we um, really loved doing also. When I just said the temple one, I just remembered that mm-hmm. when our podcast first went up, we accidentally put um, the Kirkland Temple, um, which is Costco's Yeah, because temple. Costco. <laughs> but <laughs> that's it's just fine sometimes happens. because I show my recommend both places. So <laughs> <laughs> like... It's an easy confusion, but we definitely know it's the Kirtland Temple of the Silver Nose. That was my first time. I think I said it in the video. And I, oh, I highly recommend everybody going to all of those places. But that one is just was particularly sweet. And Nauvoo. We can't wait for that one. Yeah, you're going to love Nauvoo. It's so good. Um, During one of those, we spliced in this little video because, um, and so if you didn't see that, or those of you who are listening, these are now available. You guys, Old Testament is upon us. And right. by available, he means for pre-sale because we actually just had these two made. These are the oh. only two available right now. <laughs> okay, so a lie. But don't go to Desert are, Book; they won't be in there yet. Yeah, you can pre you can pre-order them online, and every year they always sell out. We try to get ahead of that, um, but they're done first come first serve. So if you order them um, now, you'll for sure get it in time. For Christmas and be ready for Old Testament year when it comes. I love seeing all the comments from everybody. It was like, I'm so excited. I'm so scared or whatever. Don't be Old scared. Testament. Yeah, don't be scared. For sure, don't you be scared. You are going to love the Old Testament. You can get your hopes up, everybody. It's time. It's going to be so It's time to get good. your hopes up. It's October. Yeah. We're almost there. Christmas is going to be so rad. Yeah. And so you guys, you made it through, I think, the hardest book to study. The Doctrine yeah, and Covenants. Yeah, the Doctrine and Covenants. There. That's the hardest one. Yeah, yeah the Old Testament end, is not the hardest. Nope, nope. But so we good. just have finished recording the Don't Miss This devotional for the Old Testament. Oh, yeah. Which is why I don't have a voice right now because, you guys, the Old Testament is so long and you just had to keep <laughs> reading for hours to get it all done. But when we were going through it, I was like, oh, I love this part. Oh, I love this part. Like every page I was like, oh, and I love this part. Like there's so many things you're about to love. You can't even count. How she many. called me and she was like, I think I cried like nine times. I cried, you guys. <laughs> did you listen to the book? And I guessed, I think all of the times. I did cry, particularly when Moses died. I couldn't help it. The poor man, I don't know if he knew what to do, but when it got to the part about Moses dying and I'm like at a funeral right then. <laughs> Anyways, you're about um, to love the Old Testament, but don't worry, we're going to love every last minute of yeah, the Doctrine and So she's talking about the devotional book. This is the journal. It follows, um, it's like a study guide journal that goes through the whole thing and has no pages. You can take it to church, use it in your personal Want study. Want to show the Promises to Covenant Israel page? Oh, yes. Right here. We always have a bonus page in there. And we are going to focus on that study. But for a whole year, the promises that God made to Covenant Israel. And then we're looking for how are those 
being fulfilled in my life right now. So we're so excited. Yeah, so excited. And then a lot of you have asked about if the stickers are going to be available. Yes. The Word a Week posters are going to be so awesome. That's probably what we're getting the most questions about right now. And this is going to be so fun, but we got the funniest email today. I forgot to tell you. I'll tell you now. So on the Word a Week, we are going to be studying one word a week, the Hebrew meaning for the word and definition, and then a verse within there. So it's like we're about to learn Hebrew, everyone, which we must have said on the other video. Because a cute lady wrote and said, where do we sign up for the Hebrew class? Oh. <laughs> <I was laughs> All like, of a sudden we were going to start the School of the Prophets for it everybody. It was going to be so fun. We're only going to learn 52 Hebrew words, everybody. But by the end of next year, we will be fluent in 52 words. Yeah. I can't wait. Use them at the grocery store. And then we have a surprise. And we kind of thought we would space things out a little bit so you didn't get overwhelmed. So probably the next newsletter, unless... There was a chance we might hear before Sunday. If the stickers and posters are available by the time we're putting this up, we'll put the link in for both of those so you can just jump on those right away also. Yeah. The surprise is coming in December. Yeah. Right it's before we... Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good one. We're, yeah. we're, we put a lot of time into it. We're excited. Yeah, and, it's, be good. and that one's going to be totally free and it's probably the best thing we're giving this year. <laughs> You're going to be so happy about it. it. It's so good. It's yeah. so awesome. Okay. So that's all the Old Testament news. We'll keep you updated, but journals and devotional books are available right now. Soon stickers and word a week posters. Yeah. So, so you can get all set for next year right now. Just get ahead of the head of the curve. And you know, I didn't tell you this. I've, I've, um, we have so many surprises right now. Well, I was just going to um, say, just as we kind of jump into this, that I had this really sweet grandma um, send me a message. And they lost, she lost a little grandbaby mm. in their family. And they just had the funeral. And she included the program in there. Just the cute, fattest little baby, um, little baby Noah. And uh, they called him Big Slice. Oh. And... She said, I know you really love bracelets, and I just wonder if you want to wear um, oh, that is so little cute. Noah's, you know, bracelet. And, you know, these chapters that we're jumping into are, are kind of for times like this, mm. right? They really are for moments when we ask and, and we wonder, like, like, where is God in this part of my story? And how long are we going to have to deal with the, just this the hard heartbreak thing. and these hard things, mm -hmm. you know, and everything. And, uh, and, and this section of scripture shows that I think that um, hard things are not evidence that God's not in your story. And heartache is not evidence that God doesn't care hmm. or that he's forgotten you or that you're unfavored or unseen or anything like that. It really is. I mean... The people that we're going to read about today are just some of Earth's best mm. that we've ever gotten. And, and they were not immune to Hard hardships and unfairness and like the, just the crippling parts about, about life. And so um, these are some of our most favorite chapters. Chapters. Yeah, of, the and, sections. And, 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 um, and they're... Uh, <laughs> During COVID, um, Jack said to me, um, I feel like I'm serving a prison sentence. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it yes. was, like it's one of the days when he was so frustrated with it. And I was like, same, you know, um, but I, I kind of got fascinated by that phrase, a prison sentence, um, not a time period, but a line mm. like, and I started to think, what is my prison sentence? Like, what are the lessons I've learned in the prison places of my life? And mm. today we're going to get some of Joseph's um, prison sentences. Yeah, that's so Which is good. really cool. I love when I think about this, about, I love asking two questions. Is God good and can he be trusted? Because I think there are some times in our life where we will experience something really hard um, or unexpected or very disappointing And in that moment, we feel like we are doing everything that should merit a good life, right? You just, you feel like you wish things were good and then things happen that are out of your control. And there have been so many times in my life where in that moment, I've just questioned, where is God in this? Where is he? And is he still good? And can he be trusted with this hard thing? And I imagine that's probably how Joseph felt in the middle of that jail moment, because the interesting thing is it wasn't just the jail that was hard, right? because at the same time, all of the church was falling apart. And it's almost like you would be like, oh, can I just take one or the other? Why do I have to have both right now? Like, why can't the church be falling apart, but I'm there trying to help mm-hmm. make the decisions and, and help the people and, and bring hope and, you know, comfort. But the fact that there was that jail sentence on top of everyone leaving Missouri and so many people apostatizing, I just think about Joseph and how he must have just sat in that dark place at that dark time. Mm-hmm. And how did he even find hope? And so for any of you who are maybe looking for hope in a hard season, this is going to be a really good few sections for you. And we love that in 121, it just starts out with a prayer. That's how section 121 starts. It just, um, Joseph begins, Oh God, where art thou? And where is the pavilion that covereth thy hiding place? And then he's going to ask these three questions right off the bat. And they're questions that... I think we've each asked in the hard times. Um, Where are you? How long is this going to happen for? And why is it happening? And we love the thought of those three questions. Where are you in this? How long is this trial going to last? And why? And the answers actually come. I love that he spells out those questions right at the very beginning and then the answer is going to come. The Lord is, is not just going to ignore Joseph asking those questions, um, but he's actually going to answer. And I think that's an important truth to remember that it's okay for us to ask questions in the hard things, mm-hmm. in the hard places. It's okay for us to ask why and how long and where are you? Because it allows for this really intimate connection mm-hmm. um, and, and makes us vulnerable enough maybe to allow God to enter our story and respond. Yeah. And let's paint the picture a little bit for you so you can kind of see. This is a, um, when we teach this lesson in seminary, 
One thing that we like to do, and you might like to do this, is to kind of tape out the dimensions of Liberty Jail. So um, this jail is a dungeon prison. Well, and let's say is... this too, because that really is one of my favorite things to do. And you guys should do this. Whoever you're going to study this with, whether you're a group of young single adults um, or um, we have a lot of senior couples who watch together or if you're with your family, when you tape that out on the floor, put everybody in the <laughs> tape with no chairs or anything. Put everybody in the tape and have them all stay within that little space for the whole time you teach this lesson because all of the sudden... Liberty Jail comes alive for you. I can remember teaching one seminary class and I had a whole bunch of um, athletes in that class and we picked the boys. I think, were, were there five? Now I've got to remember six. how many people, six, mm -hmm. that were in Liberty Jail. And we put those six big boys in that little square and they stayed there for the whole hour and 10 minutes of class. And to watch them try to get comfortable and to move around and like not to get in someone else's way, all of a sudden you were like, oh, that experience was like, I have a little better understanding of how hard that might have been once you get six people in that small square. Yeah. And on top of like, so 14 by 14 is about how big that room is. And then um, six feet tall. And most of these men were over six feet tall. Mm. And so they couldn't even stand up fully while they're in there. Um, you remember there's been trouble going on in Missouri for a while now. And um, there starts to be these skirmishes that kind of start on like a voting day. And these skirmishes start. And then it's all, I mean, then it's just continual. Like one domino falls after another. And eventually you get to Halloween day, actually. And uh, one of Joseph's own friends kind of betrays him. And they bring him over to the Missourians and they hand him over and hire him and um, four others. Um, and, they, and they hand him over. Thomas B. Marsh, Orson Hyde, and W.W. Phelps, some of his closest friends, they all sign these affidavits against him. One of the lines they say we put on, on the journal um, page where they mm -hmm. wrote, when the saints were looking, this is interesting because when the saints were looking at the time period, um, they said, we didn't find any evidence that God has ever been our leader. We hoped for deliverance, but deliverance never came, hmm. is what they said. And that was their conclusion. Well, God must not um, be in this. So these men are taken. They actually are um, um, illegally tried and said that they were going to be executed in town square. And then this awesome guy, Alexander Donovan, like stands in, not a member of the church, but sympathetic to Joseph and stands in and says, I, I won't let this happen. And so then they get moved around jail to jail to jail. They go to the jail in Richmond where there's that awesome story. And you could pull up the video of um, the guards talking about all the things that mm. they're doing to the, to the saints and how they're burning houses and shooting kids for target practice. And, and, uh, and Joseph's response to that when he stands up and just silence you, you fiends of the infernal pit you know and that there's that speech that's yeah. so good but you wrote that we're going to link that okay good job and then they get moved to liberty jail and they go in december and it really is a stone floored like dungeon prison with walls that are four feet thick um with rocks in there so that you can't tunnel out um damp and dark in one of the coldest 
winters. winters of Missouri's history. They're there from December 1st until the spring of the next year. And for those boys to wait an hour yes. in that 14 by 14 is one thing, you know, in a temperature controlled room. But oh, in this, they were poisoned. They were... Um, I mean, there's so much mistreatment I, that happens I love with when them. Joseph explains it, and he said, it was like hell surrounded with demons. And then this dark and black deeds, enough to make hell shudder, oh. is how he describes that time period. And I wonder if there's ever been times in your life where you just feel like Satan is chasing you. You know those moments where you're just like, so many things going wrong, and, and you just can feel contention and hard things, and hardship happening that you just wonder if Joseph was like, what is happening right now? Because I'm trying to do the Book of Mormon. I'm trying to grow the church. I'm trying to send out missionaries. I'm trying to build temples. I'm like, everything I'm doing is for the good of the kingdom and for my family and for my saints and this community. And it's just like Satan is chasing him right now. And this happens to be a time that is filled with doubt and discouragement and failure. Yeah. And it's important for us to remember sometimes that happens. Sometimes there will be moments of doubt, disappointment, and failure. That's true. That is true of mortality. And we're going to feel those things and we will feel them deeply. And one of the things we love about these sections is you do get to watch Joseph contemplating and pondering and just feeling deeply all of those things. And then you're going to love what happens at the end. I'm not going to spoil it, but you just, you love that we start. No, don't start. Don't tell yet. I'm like, no. Um, you love that we just start in this place that all of us have been in before. Well, let's say sections 121, 22, and 23, they're actually segments of a, a long letter that was mm. almost like a stream of consciousness of Joseph that yes. he wrote to the saints. And then Orson Pratt later will pull out sections that are canonized. And so reading that whole letter actually gives so much more mm. beautiful context to like what this is situation. Yeah, and what's being written in here. And I love that you learn from this section and you, you also learn it from second Nephi chapter four, that you can say anything to God. Mm -hmm. Don't you love that? That yeah. like Joseph isn't like, well, I better not tell him this and I better not share this, but you just, you feel Joseph just pour out. Yeah. That is what is happening right here. You, those, I mean, for the start out, you know, oh God, where are are you? Mm -hmm. And in the letter, there is a description where he is talking about, I have, this is what I've heard. And this is what's happening. And, and my wife and my young kids are in the middle of it. And my friends are, and my people I thought were friends are the reason that all of us are even in, in here. And I'm house. stuck and stuck in this place. And he's just like, that is a passionate God. Where are you? I don't even know where the pavilion that you're hiding behind is. Yes. Not only can I not see you, but I cannot see the pavilion that you are hiding behind. And how long are you going to watch this? You have a pure eye, an eternal eye, a heavenly eye, and you are watching and you're listening to what's happening. How on earth are you just sitting there watching yes. and hearing this and yeah. doing nothing about it, you know? And then I love, and we're going to pull some stuff off of the Joseph Smith papers which you can find online and we will try and 
link you to all of these, but this is going to be the documents um, book is where we're going to pull from. And it's volume six is when Liberty Gel happens. And you love that the whole entire letter is in the Joseph Smith papers. Like you can read everything Joseph wrote. Um, you're going to be able to read through and and all online. And too. let's we'll start with um, let's start with Emma's first, and then the other words that come into here. So okay. during this time, he gets a letter from Emma, and I love to think about this. Is here he is in this fourteen by fourteen room. He cannot get out of, and they're receiving word just sporadically is coming. All of these things. Sometimes people will come to a, a barred window and and yell down to them where they are. So they're just getting pieces of what's going on. And Emma writes one day and she says, um, having an opportunity to send this letter by a friend, I make an attempt to write, but I shall not attempt to write my feelings altogether. For the situation in which you are, the walls, bars, and bolts, the rolling rivers, the running streams, the rising hills, the sinking valleys, and spreading prairies that separate us, and the cruel injustice that first cast you into prison and still holds you there, with many other considerations, places my feelings far beyond description. And I love that she just lays out, I'm going to try and write to you, but I like I can't even tell you how hard this is or how bad this is. And um, she, she writes to him. And it's almost as if this then is Joseph's prayer and Emma's prayer. Yes. I mean, it's like everybody's prayer. He's speaking like yes. for everyone. Yes, exactly. She talks about when the or governor's order came and there was so much wickedness and ignorance and um, that that's what got them all kicked out. And then she says, we are all well at present except Frederick, who is quite sick, which just like, let's rethink of Joseph and Emma's history. When their babies get sick, things don't go well for them. Right. So that has to give him so much anxiety. He, he's heard about the um, order that came from the governor. That's filled with so much anxiety. And then she says this, and I just imagine Joseph just weeps when he reads this part. No one but God knows the reflections of my mind and the feelings of my heart when I left our house and home and almost all of everything that we possessed, excepting our little children, and took my journey out of the state of Missouri, leaving you shut up in that lonesome prison. And it just is heartbreaking to me to think what was going on at that time. And then she says this, I have many more things I could like to write, but have not time. And you may be astonished at my bad writing and incoherent manner, but you will pardon all when you reflect how hard it would be for you to write when your hands were stiffened with hard work and your heart convulsed with intense anxiety. But I hope there is better days to come. And I love just thinking of that as we start into this, like oh, the weight line. of the world is on Joseph's shoulders, right? He, he can't do anything. He can't do anything for the church and he can't do anything for his wife and his son who's sick. And, um, there's just so much in there. And that, that thought of her overwhelming anxiety, almost like debil debilitating, right? That she is just like, I don't know how much more I can do. And he can do nothing. And then he starts this um, one sentence. And I wrote this in my scriptures. You might want to put it in yours because the letter um, 
Whoever pulled it out and put in here, I just said to David, could we redo section 121 and put in the really good lines that didn't make the cut? Because at right between six and seven, there is this line that says, then when the heart is sufficiently contrite, then the voice of inspiration stills away and whispers, my son, peace be unto thy soul. Thine adversity and thine afflictions shall be but a small moment. And don't you love the lesson right there that talks about when the heart is sufficiently contrite, then the voice of inspiration is going to whisper. And I think that is true for all of us. And I love that the whisper begins with this word, peace, right? It's exactly what nobody had. Hmm. And that's where God begins is peace. Well, and I, I actually thought you were going to start with where he's just like, my son. Mm. Oh, I, I actually love that love part that too. It's just like, hey, I am not a casual, I'm not a casual observer of your life. I'm watching with all the feelings of a tender parent mm. on this. It's like, you're, you're not my servant, you know? Yeah. Um, you're my boy. You know, and, and there's a lot of tenderness in there mm. where it's just like, listen, you're not getting out yet. <laughs> yes. But, I, but I'm here in this. And, yeah. um, let's that, look at those I, answers, should we? Yeah, let's do that. That first one that we just read answers question two. So you can fill that in right now when he says, how long? And he says, this will be but a, a small moment. Um, a small moment here means um, like three or four weeks. Um, but You mean months. <laughs> No, because it's in March oh, when he writes the he's letter. He's almost done. Yes, he's almost <laughs> he's done. Like, Hold on, Liberty Jump was not just three weeks. <laughs> so depending on, yeah. you know, that's kind of an arbitrary. Yeah, it's almost over. Right? But there is something about him saying there's an end to this. Mm. Like it, it, in, in the long run, it will be just a, a small moment. And, and if you endure it well, he says, um, God will exalt thee on high Thou shalt triumph over all thy foes. And then that line, thy friends do stand by thee Mm. and will hail thee again with warm hearts and friendly hands. And one of the things you'll find in the letter that's cool is before he gets this answer, one of the things that helps his heart become sufficiently contrite are these letters from friends. Mm. And I, I just like really love the idea that in his spot where he's like, I don't even know where God is, you know? And, and I, I'm so confused at why he's so absent. He, he is manifesting himself through these friends. And it just, every time I read this, it makes me think about how often, and it is a high percentage mm. that I feel like if you were to say to me, how do you know God's in your life? Or how do you know God cares? I would start listing people. Yes, that's so as, good. As my answer to that. Yeah. And it just is... It's really sweet. Okay, so small moment is how long? The first question's answer is so good. And we're going to go to the next section to answer it when he asks, yeah. where are you? So this is so interesting because when, remember, that's, that's where he begins is where are you? Where are you hiding right now? And you love that the Lord answers that in section 122 um, in verses five and six. And he's going to say, um, If you are called to pass through tribulation, if you are in perils among false brethren, if you are among robbers, if you are in perils by land or sea, and then in verse six, he's going to start telling 
what Joseph just experienced. But it's funny that it's like, if. Yeah. And it's like, wait, if. and he describes exactly the what situation, happened? right? If you are Hypothetically. Accused, yeah. If. if you are accused with all manner of false accusations, if your enemies fall upon thee, if they tear you from the society of your father and mother and brothers and sisters, which happened... And if with a drawn sword thine enemies tear thee from the bosom of thy wife and of thine offspring and thine elder son, although but six years of age, shall cling to thy garments and say, my father, my father, why can't you stay with us? Oh, my father, what are the men going to do with you? And if then he shall be thrust from thee by the sword and you will be dragged to prison and your enemies prowl around thee like wolves for the blood of lambs and if you should be cast into the pit and and he's going on and on and in my thoughts I just think I can imagine Joseph reliving that whole entire moment as the Lord is like I saw this I saw this I saw this I saw this and then for Joseph to say where were you and you love that as the Lord goes through this list he's like Joseph I was right there. I was in it with you. I am with you. I was there with the family and I'm here in the pit. And that he's, he's not lost. He's not hidden. And there's going to be a why, he tells him. There is a why. And the why comes at the end of verse 7. Um, he says this, Know thou, my son, that all these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good. And I love that he's like, I can turn this for your good. Yeah. And I, and you know, as I was writing up on the board, that answer is like, why? And I don't necessarily think, you know, God initiated this experience for him, you know, that it was designed. Mm-hmm. One of the whys might be like, oh, because um, there's wicked people in the world Hmm. or there's selfishness in the world or there's disease in the world or people drive too fast sometimes or people make wrong decisions like the why really could be all those things but him to come in and say i can turn i can turn him whatever occurs i it will give you a kind of experience and yes and and i'm gonna allow it to happen because of the growth that you will experience yeah and and you actually see that Mm-hmm. You know, if we look ahead to to Joseph after Liberty Jail, yeah. you really do see that in, in him. And you love that there is a letter that gets sent home with a group that comes. There's a group of men and a woman that comes. And I can't remember. What's her Presenda? name? Presenda? Presenda? Something yeah, like something that. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> happens to be there. And he sends a letter back with her. She's coming asking what should she do in her life right now, which I just find it so interesting that there's Joseph stuck in this box and people are still saying, can I get some advice? Yes. Can you, can you help me? And within that letter, he writes, and those letters all went home to Emma. And in that letter, he writes, it seems my heart will be more tender after this than it ever was before. And I love that, that he recognizing, he recognizes I will be better for this. I will be better when we get to the end of this. And it's a, it's a funny, I remember after going through like a, a really hard um, little experience in my life, my grandma asking afterwards, if, if you knew what was going to happen, would you, would you still, hmm. you know, would you still have gone? Would you, you know, would you live that again, essentially? And, 
And it was like unfair because like I couldn't help it. Like that's not yes. really true. I don't have a back to the future car, you know, <laughs> but, but I, when I looked back on it, I was like, oh, I, I was like, I think I would, because I like the me after it mm-hmm. more than I like the me before it. I mean, I, yeah. I don't want to, I don't, but like I, I did. And I actually, my heart really is more tender mm. after that than it, you know, was before. She didn't like that answer, by the way. She like was like, <laughs> she, no. she was like, <laughs> she was like, and put your grandmother through that heartache. And I was oh, like, no, no, I just, yes. but I love this, you know, from him. And, and Joseph actually leaves, like, we've got this quote from Elder Maxwell where he calls it an awful, I put brutal, don't be the same, y'all, those are synonyms, but an awful dungeon, but also a tutoring temple hmm. that Liberty Jail is kind yeah, of considered this prison. Yeah, this yeah. a temple experience yeah. for him where he comes out of it and he is like, what he teaches after mm-hmm. Liberty Jail, the way he leads in yeah. Nauvoo, you are like, it's almost as if, those months in there prepared a prophet for some of his finest hours. And I love, um, I had an experience once where it, we were in the dark time. We were just in the dark time. It was so heavy and there was no end in sight. And I was in the car with this darling woman from Canada who was serving as the Stake Relief Society president. And we had a really long ride back to the airport. and. I just started pouring out my heart to her of all of these hard things that were happening and trying to navigate my way through those things. And she said to me, can I ask you two questions? I just want you to answer. And just the first response that comes to you. And the first question she asked me is, what is your greatest fear? And so I just spoke out what my greatest fear was. And then when I was done, she said to me, okay, now, what is your greatest hope? And then I spoke what that would look like. And that pouring out, that letting that spill out of me and addressing, this is my greatest fear of what could come of this. And this is my greatest hope. And being able to verbalize that allowed me to change my prayers and what I was expecting from God. And it feels like Joseph is doing that, where he's pouring out the greatest fear, but you also hear hope mm-hmm. as you read through these verses. And I love that um, that, that is happening. And it is, it's so ironic that um, some of the sweetest lines from Scripture and, and just some of like the, like, oh, the the gems, mm. you know, mm-hmm. come from an experience like this. Yes. You know, and, and yep. the, these prison sentences that these lessons that he learns in yes. this are just are so good. We um, have a yurt up in the high mountains of Colville. And that sounded really fancy. It did? In what? the high mountains of Colville. Oh, well, <laughs> you guys, it's not fancy. It's I mean, really it rustic. Like... <laughs> like you get up there and there's nothing. This is really like poetic. I'm mean, like Walt Whitman lived okay. up there or something. Well, and when you go up there, everyone is doing a project. That is what is happening up there. I love that it just sounded so nice just then. <laughs> I love that your evidence that it's not fancy is there are bears. Bears are not in fancy places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Think of like a really fancy lodge in Alaska. 
Well, that's also rustic. Okay, but, okay, anyways, your yurt. It's scary up there because there's bears. <laughs> Don't go out at night. But in the daytime, people do projects. And my uncle also has a yurt up there. And he decided to build this wall. And he didn't build it um, like they do in England. It was the, the walls they build with no mortar, you know? And he, usually you lay the stones flat on top of each other. You've probably seen them. Like when you drive through England or through Scotland, you see these rock walls and, and sheep are always by them. Do you know what I'm talking about? But in Ireland, they do it differently. They build the rocks vertical. And they stack them like this and then on top of each other. And it's really pretty, really, really pretty. And also hard to do. And he actually had a friend fly out from um, Ireland to teach him how to build this wall. And so we came down to look at it last summer. And Greg was like going to lean against it. And I was like, no, like I'm so worried about the wall. Don't like domin- it looks knock like dominoes. down the wall. <laughs> and my uncle was like, oh, no, it's so strong. And, but it just, it didn't feel like it was going to be strong because there's like, they're just, all those rocks are holding up each other, you know? And then, um, he said, oh, he could run at it with his shoulder and it, it would do more damage to him than it would to the wall. And he's like, come here, let me show you something. And he walked us around to the side of the wall where he was building. So both sides of the wall looked just beautiful with these vertical rocks. And then we walked over here and we looked in the middle and in the middle were all of these tiny rocks, thousands, thousands of them were in there. And these are called hardings, which I love. H-E-A-R-T-I-N-G. We wrote it in your journal. It's a harding. And this is what becomes the strength of walls. If you look up that definition in a dictionary, it will tell you it's small fragments of rock that make up the strength of the entire wall. And they're placed right in the middle. And I love thinking about that as we think about Liberty Gel and those rock walls, right? That were four feet deep on either side. They were just filled with hardings. That's what made those walls so strong. But I love that the same thing happened to Joseph, Mm -hmm. that there were just these little hardings that took place in that prison that made him so much stronger afterward. And we just listed some. Um, And you'll take time and read them as you do this study and maybe with your kids. But let let me just tell you some of them quickly. And and I just want to say that you said that line that's so cool that just these are little fragments that are the strength of the wall. And if you look back on your hard times, like wasn't there just a line from a song Mm. or a truth or a a comment from a question from a lady in the car that was like the strength of that time period were these small statements and truths that just came. came. And um, I think it was Elder Maxwell that said this. He was like, those walls that were four feet thick kept Joseph from getting out, but they could not stop revelation and the spirit Mm. from getting in. Ooh, that's so good. And like, these are some of those. And it makes me think about your prison sentences, right? We're going to stumble on these prison sentences that are real life sentences um, that become the hardings for Joseph. And these will be familiar to you and you'll find more in here. We went from 121 all the way to 123, but Joseph was promised knowledge would come, that nothing would be withheld from him, 
that God would give all he had to those who endured valiantly. Um, remember the part where he talks about, but the bounds are set. And that there's like, I know how long this is going to last. I know what's going to happen here. That's in this 121. Yeah, that's at your bottom of your journal. All yeah, these 121, verses. 30 through 32. This is where he talks about many are called, but few are chosen. And in section 121, we get that scripture about the rights of the priesthood are inseparably connected with the powers of heaven. In 36, in verse 41, no power or influence can or ought to be maintained by virtue of the priesthood, only by persuasion, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness. And, and I, I mean, this has got to be like anybody wondering in their life, how do I um, exercise like the power of God in my life, mm -hmm. priesthood power, you know, in my life, men or women, like the instructions Are right, right here. here. And it's yeah. like, this is some of the best instructions about the, the rights of the saints to and, call and down the, the power, power of God. God. Yeah, yeah, and how to do that, you know? And it's yeah. like, this came in, yes, a jail, in a jail, in a jail. Yes. It's so awesome. Um, in 45, you know, this one, the doctrine of the priesthood shall distill upon thy soul as the dews from heaven, the Holy Ghost will be with you. I love when he says, your days are known, um, that he knows what's going to happen. And that verse eight, I, I don't think we put it on the on the list, mm -hmm. but that one where you're just where he says to Joseph, one, these are going to be for your experience, but number two, you need to know that the Son of Man descended below all of these. Mm -hmm. Like he has, he knows this. He knows what pits yes. and dungeons and betrayal are like. Um, and then I love when we get to the end. Well, let's talk about these two things because first of all, the the Missouri tribulations be become this training ground, right? That's what it becomes. And you love if you get to go visit the um, Liberty Jail. There's one line written on there that says, this is the place where faith was proven and found sufficient. And just to think about times in your own life where you've had those moments where um, your faith was tried and it was found sufficient well, in that moment. And I read this line from a church historian, Richard Bushman, right before, you know, we started filming this, that he, he makes this comment that says, if there was ever a time in the history of the church for them to give up the cause, for them to just throw up the white flag and say, I'm out, he says, this was it. Hmm. And that's so interesting that those crucible moments can either be ones where we say, I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. Or they could become yeah, we a either, catalyst for our, our best days. Yeah, we know? either become bitter or we become better. Yeah. One of those two Ooh. things is going to happen in that moment. And then, this is your favorite part. This is the spoiler that I didn't want to spoil. But this is my favorite part of these because here you have Joseph just pouring out his heart and and all of these things, that, but also being taught. He's just being taught as this is going on. And then... We get to verse 13, and this is how he's going to end. Um, this becomes the hardings that he ends with is, we should waste and wear out our lives in bringing to light all of these things, and it needs to be attended to with great earnestness. Like, it, he becomes so passionate at the end of this. He is like, let me tell you what is going to happen. We are going to waste and wear out our lives. We're going to have great earnestness. Let no man count them as small things, for there is much with lieth, which lieth in futurity pertaining to the saints, which depends upon these things right now, he tells them. And then he talks about that very large ship that's benefited by a very small helm because it can work 
ways in the wind and the waves. And then verse 17, he says this, therefore, dearly beloved brethren, let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power. And then may we stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed. And I love that he's like, so at the end of all of it, Everyone just put on a smile and get to work. <laughs> That's what we're going to do right now. And I was, um, I got to go to Liberty Jail with Michael Wilcox one year and listen to him teach. And I think you guys know he is like uh, one of my favorite people to listen to ever. And he said something that I just wrote at the bottom of my section 123. He said, Joseph never loses the hope and optimism he gains from Liberty. And don't you love that? Mm. That he, he just ends with this, all right, everybody, put your smile on, pick up your whatever you need, and we are going to get to work. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Almost, almost like um, we're not going to pretend that we're cheerful, but we're going to choose cheerful because it's what's going to like help us get yep. through this whole thing. Yes, and I love that so much. And it's interesting that you would get, Oh, that ending line from a chapter that had words like blinded and mm. craftiness and darkness and murder and the very devil and tremble. And yes. like, like the, yes. that's the conditions that, that they're in. And it's like, I don't think he found hope and cheer and optimism despite those things. I actually think he found them because, mm. you know, of those things Yeah, that they, it's what brought it out mm-hmm. of him. It's what helped him learn it. It's what helped him to become it. Yeah. So, oh. So good. We love these chapters. Yeah. Such good. The whole chapters, the whole letter. Yeah. And there's so many fun things you can do with them, um, with your families and with the people that you're studying with that just make this come alive. Yeah. I mean, like even for everybody in your group to pick, oh man, what was your your one line? Yes. Your one line. And write it on a rock would be so fun. Um, Oh, no. It's still working. It's still working. Everyone, we always get so nervous. Um, How fun would it be to look through that thing and write it on a rock? The one line from 121 through 123. That can be the strength of your wall. That is the strength of your wall. Would be so awesome. Yeah. So many cool things to do. Oh, okay. Enjoy Nauvoo. Yes. Next week. Okay. We'll see ya. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.